If you or anyone around you are affected by the subjects of today's podcast, you can reach out to get help, advice or support from our charity partners, Women's Aid, at womensaid.org.uk or the Yorkshire-based organisation, IDAS, at idas.org.uk. You can also find these links and reach out to us directly via our website, takebackthebeat.co.uk or email us at takebackthebeat.co.uk tour at gmail.com that's take back the beat tour at gmail.com hello hello there my darling hello welcome to take Take back back the beat beat. (laughs) voice notes (laughs) question mark voice notes you know my mum went to me the other day she's like what do you even say and i was like voice notes voice uh, notes. But really? Keys. Is it that <laughs> hard to hear? <laughs> I think it's just because we had the best time doing it. I don't know. Because we're idiots and we just say whatever. That's why. Because <laughs> we sing in tune for a living, you know? <laughs> hey. <laughs> Live that life. Yeah, well, do you um, know the good thing about that is, though, at least that when people hear us, they'll be quite shocked because they'll be like, oh, they can sing. <laughs> do you know what? It's, yeah, it's better to be that way around rather than people see us live and go, oh. Oh, they sing oh. like they do on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, we have to do a mashup, by the way, of Take Back the Beat voice notes. If anybody's listening out there and wants to do like a little mashup of all our versions, do a remix of love our intro. I'd I mean, I don't think we've got hardcore fans yet, but for future reference, somebody please do that. Yeah, I'm here for that. Yeah. Um, right, we've got an amazing guest today. So we are going to try and get straight on because we've only heard snippets of this incredible woman's story and mm. I am already quite nervous. Yeah, I've got a today. feeling this is going to be a heavy one. Yeah, um, but you know. Lots of trigger warnings for those. I know we've yes. already given it in the intro, but um, just a heads up, you know, get a this brew, sit down, have a little, you know, don't just put this on in the background if you like cleaning like I do with podcasts because this, yeah. this one's definitely a heavy one. Um, yes. But um, yeah. Obviously, like we said, there is a, a trigger warning thing at the beginning on all our socials when this episode comes out, we will do a thing, but... yeah. There is trigger warnings of rape, um, child abuse, and domestic violence in today's yeah. episode. So, um, bear with suicide us. as well. So, yeah, yeah, there's some big triggers today. So, um, we we're nervous. We have cups of tea, but she's incredible. So, um, yeah. Before we get onto that, yes, my darling, Farah, mm-hmm. how on a scale of <laughs> zero to a whole tub of Biscoff are you feeling this week? No comment. Next okay. question. <laughs> <laughs> Are we there yet? <laughs> um, I feel like I've had to split myself into seven Farahs this week. You've been ridiculous. Yes, you have. Yes. I can't cope. I've taken on far too much. Yes, she has. And possibly on the verge of a mental breakdown. <laughs> no. Yes. Um, I've just taken on too much, basically. I've... Yeah. This month, I've clocked 22 shows, um, including flyouts, um, including... Which for those who don't know, that means like just flying somewhere, doing a gig and then flying home. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> They're absolutely mental, sound great on paper, and then yeah. you realise how tired you are. Yeah. But I'm very much like, <laughs> I did a gig one night and then drove to the airport and then got on a plane for a gig the next day, then flew back and then done another gig. So it's very much just like, and all the traveling, obviously I don't have a driver. Nothing. So I do all the traveling. 
Um, some of the places have PA, some don't, so I have to set up. Um, yeah, so I've just I've taken on a lot this month. Um, so I yeah. don't I don't know how to answer the biscoff. Okay, I've I've more. I, I I've not had time to eat biscoff. There you go. There's your answer. Oh, that's, that's even if I wanted it, I couldn't. couldn't. Although I say that right now, I'm eating. I'm disgusted in myself because I bought a bag of cashew nuts for three pounds. M&S, why? Who do you think you are? <laughs> yeah, but I'm angry at myself. I was like, I'll treat myself. And then I was like, who pays three pounds for a bag of nuts? I'm fuming. But, but they, they are, are nice. M&S nuts. They're very nice. They're they very are. nice. So I mean, yeah. I'm more judging you that it's not a Percy pig bag. It's more like semi-healthy. Listen, your girl needs your, I need my energy. <laughs> <laughs> But so that's me. So I haven't had time for Biscoff. On a scale of one to a full jar of Biscoff, how are you this week? I, do you know what? Um, I had a a Biscoff Easter egg that was uh, banging. Oh my Um, God, you did. You sent that. Well done, Biscoff. I did. I sent it in the group because I was like, guys, guys, dreams have been answered. Um, That was magical. But in all honesty, I don't need Biscoff this week. I've been... Hi, as a cloud. Um, I've had a really, really good week. It's been, obviously, I went on holiday with my family, Yay. which was amazing. Um, came home, felt really refreshed. And then... Um, she didn't take me with you, with her, uh, if anybody's uh, asking. So No, I spend far too much time with this woman. <laughs> rude, it. rude. Rude. It's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it was really, and like, my episode came out while I was on holiday, and I was absolutely terrified. Um... Mainly, do you know what it was? It was having, knowing my mum would hear it, knowing my boyfriend would hear it. And Aidan knows basically everything in dribs and drabs. Yeah. But having, like, I listened to it to listen through and check that all the edits were okay. We didn't really edit much, but, like, there was no coughing and that sort of stuff. And um, I was like, oh, okay. And I called my mum and I was like, right, just, um, just, I don't know if you want to wait to go back from holiday or whatever. And she listened to it while we were on holiday and she came and gave me a massive hug the next day and was just like, I understand more. And I was like, oh, okay. She's like, like little things that you used to do that I just got angry about and I didn't know why. And now I know and it's, I I understand. And I was like, mm. oh, that's, that's a great thing. And then <laughs> I was sat on the beach and I just got this voice note from Aiden that um, when I told you, I just broke down crying because he was just so amazing. Like he... He is... He's a little dreamboat, isn't he? We love him. Yeah. And he just sent me this voice note that was just like, I'm so proud of you. And it was just like 30 seconds of him just being like, you're you're amazing. And I just sat at this beach and cried and I was like, little shit. No, you were like, uh, yes, I am, correct. <laughs> yes, I am. Thank you. <laughs> um, so that was amazing. And then um, just to keep absolutely gushing about my boyfriend, he went on as Jean Valjean, the lead <gasps> in Les Mis on Monday. He made Farah cry. We are not oh, happy. Yes, not bless, happy. I, I can't believe literally Farah came from her gig, a <laughs> fly out, drove to the hotel I was staying in with her suitcase. And I was like, babe, what are you doing? <laughs> She's like, I've just landed and I've got to go back after the show, which is three hours long, P.S. Because I've got another gig tomorrow. And I was like, you are keen. Yeah, but well, this is what we do. This We're is family. what we do. We're family. Yeah. That's and he my dad. <laughs> I call, by the way, I don't know if the listeners know this, but <laughs> I call Nat. So th- this is weird because I call her my wife because this is definitely yeah. a commitment for a life. Relationship, yeah. Um, 
but she's also mum and Aiden's yeah. my dad. Um, so Very whenever good. I stay with them, they just look at it. It's great. It's just like staying with mum and dad. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's um, but yes, but yes, I just call them that. But yes, um, and we. I cried from the second he walked on stage. I was not only unbelievably proud, but that man is just disgustingly talented. Oh, it's like, sickening. It, it's actually quite infuriating. How... It makes me want to vomit. It makes me go, <laughs> why am I a singer? Why am I? Who <laughs> like, are you? Who am I? Um, I'll just, I'm just, no, I'm done. Yeah, I'm like, bah. I quit. Yeah, so it's been an amazing week, actually. So, yeah, Yay. I'm in a really good place. You Yay. Can see. So uh, that's our biscuit off section, mm-hmm. but um, without further ado, is that yes. how you say it? Further ado, further ado, further. Without further ado, ado, ado. No, I think it's a do. Without ado. further ado, I got do. Ooh, I I'm tired. Let's go. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> We're bringing on an amazing woman. She's also a singer. Um, yes. Is that how you know Rachel? Yeah, just from yeah through the circuit. Through the circuit, I've. I met her so many years ago and then, like I said, you just sometimes click with people, obviously, have little yeah. connections and it's not like we see each other all the time, but we've always stayed in touch. Like we, we, t- we like message on Facebook and, you know, she's always been supportive of my stuff and then I've just seen her on random shows and just been like, oh my God, hi. So yeah, she's a really wonderful woman and I'm glad she's oh, in I'm my so life. excited for this. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, let's let Rachel... In the room to tell her story. Here we go. Here we go. Hi, everyone. Hey. We're back. (laughs) Here she Uh, is, the wonderful Rachel Roberts. Um, So, yeah. So, how are you doing today? I'm not too bad. A bit wet. Got bedraggled walking the dog in the rain. But apart from that, I'm good. <laughs> good yeah, old I'm, English summer. Mm-hmm. There you go. I know. I'm yeah, like, isn't yeah. it just? Is it not May? Like, what what happened to the weather? <laughs> apparently, next week. Oh, oh really? Next week we're gonna have a bit of a heat wave. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. Guarantee though, so. it will be on every day that I'm working because that's always yeah. the case. <laughs> Well, yeah. obviously, why would it be on your day off? This, do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, well, thank you, Rachel, so much for coming on and chatting to us. You're a dream. That's um, okay. You're welcome. Hope um, it won't be a nightmare. Oh, <laughs> never. No. Um, no. You, so, you, you guys know each other. You and Farah are, are friends. Our friends, yes. It's oh, been a little goodness. while, hasn't it, love? It's been a little while since we've seen each other. It has been a while since we've seen each other, but we've gigged together a lot in the past, and then obviously oh, yeah. we oh, just yeah. we had a little connection. We've stayed in touch for years, haven't we? Yeah. So we have. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah, uh, but then obviously Rachel reached out to me because I actually didn't know um, everything that you're about to discuss today. Um, no, but I'm really glad that you did. Um, because again, it's nice to be able to talk about it. And like you said, it, just before we jumped on uh, and press record, obviously we were all sat in the Zoom and Rachel just kindly said, you know, if it helps one person, because um, obviously it is going to be a little bit of a tough listen today um, and subjects, you know, that are hard to listen to. But Rachel is happy to, more than happy to share, which we are very grateful for. Yeah, We are. Yay. And it's a safe space yeah. full of love. It is absolutely indeed, absolutely, Um, absolutely. Well, in your own time, wherever you want to start, my darling, um, you just go ahead. And if you need to stop at any minute, let us know. We're here. We're here. We'll do. 
Well, I suppose as I am a singer, I'll be like Julie Andrews, so I'll know Mary Poppins. <laughs> start at the very beginning. beginning. Yes. <laughs> I love that reference. It's a very good place to start. It yeah. is indeed. It is. <laughs> I was born to um, my mum, obviously, <laughs> in Blackpool back in 1971. And she was with a man um, who was my father, who I find very difficult to call him my father. Um, because he was mentally, physically, emotionally and sexually abusive. Um, oh, shit. He did hit my mum a number of times. In fact, the violence was two ways, I think, because when she was defending herself, right. um, she once took a knife to him in front of me. I think I was around about three years of age. And I'm oh, still very God. scared of knives to this day. I still kind of, when I'm doing dinner, because I like to cook, but when I'm doing it, I'm I'm always kind of nervous, at, at, you know, holding the knives and stuff. It brings back my memories. I've still got a bit of a phobia of blood, even though I nursed when I was younger. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I'm not very good around blood. I always get funny sensations seeing mm. blood. So that's um, a lot of tra- trauma and triggers from the get-go, isn't it, for lot. you? And mom, my mum had already been through an abusive relationship previously as well. Oh, my God. So, yeah, um, it, it's, it, it was difficult. And I have sketchy memories of being young and being in Blackpool, but I do have memories. Yeah. Um, we left and my mum and I and my youngest brother went to live with my grandma and granddad in Stoke-on-Trent. So we had a pretty uh, decent childhood after that, to be, to be honest with you. Yeah. For many years, apart from when my dad was allowed to visit um, and during these visits, he would be, if he could get me on his own, he would be abusive. He would oh, touch me God, inappropriately. Man. Oh, um, God. And he had uh, he had a drinking issue. He was an alcoholic. And I, I, I don't know whether I like the term alcoholic because I, I now don't drink at all yeah. um, because it messes with my mental health. And I've discovered that during the last few years. Right. You know, um, and... Whilst I wouldn't term myself an alcoholic, I would term myself an emotional drinker who binge drank when she felt emotional. Yeah. And it yeah. always destroyed my mental health completely yeah. and utterly for it the, seems for the like week a, that followed. Yeah, it seems to numb something for a minute, but yeah. it, it's always worse it in the long run. No. Sadly. Yeah, so I, I, I now do not drink at all. I, I, I don't touch the stuff. I don't yeah. even have it for celebrations or anything. Good for you. Don't care who does it around me as long yeah. as they're not abusive or, you know, um, unkind towards other people. If they're just enjoying themselves and not hurting themselves or anybody else, haven't yeah. got a problem. Yeah. My husband still has the odd drink. I, I okay. don't stop anybody else, but I don't do it myself. But my father was an alcoholic. He was a serious drinker. Yeah. Right. Um, to the point where most times when he turned up, if he ever did turn up when he said he was going to, to come and visit us, he would be drunk. And I could smell the alcohol on his breath. And it's still quite a strong trigger for me, is smelling beer on somebody's breath. Yeah. Um, But we took a court injunction out against him when I was 17 because he actually turned up. We, My mum met somebody else who was a lovely, lovely man who I do refer to as my dad, my stepdad. Oh, that's amazing. Um, And he turned up at the house unexpectedly and threatened to kill me and then kill himself. Oh, my God. And we had to call the police out. He was arrested and we got a court injunction out against him, stopped him from coming anywhere near me again. We all know that court injunctions sometimes don't stop people from still yeah, of yeah, coming yeah. 
towards their intended victim, you know, that they're stalking, basically. But um, it did stop him, and he did leave me alone um, after sending me a, a horrific letter that I still have, in which he blamed me. Um, what? Yeah, he blamed me for everything. Um, blamed my mum. Blamed me. But Had how? a pure how? hatred of women. Such a deep hatred of women. Um, wow. So I'm guessing he wasn't abusive towards your brother then? He was mentally abusive okay. more than anything. He used okay. to taunt my youngest brother with, like, you're not a man. And it's like my youngest brother oh. at the time was 15 when this happened. Oh, you know, wow. he was still a boy. Full of hormones you know, and no idea who yeah, you are. Like, yeah. 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 And Very never had any direction, really. Not, yeah, that, Those absolutely. are not great things to say at that age. Absolutely. They, set, they happen- settle well. Yeah, they do. I mean, uh, uh, people always talk about what what girls go through in a, an abusive household, but they forget what it does to boys as well. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, um, and my eldest brother, who is, my, he's, he's, we've got the same dad, but different mums. He was born before me and I didn't know about him until five, six years ago. Oh, wow. Um, you know, our birth father had been with his mum and he'd been abusive to um, his his mum as well and to my eldest sister and <sighs> to him. Wow. And had left them abruptly to go to Blackpool, which is where he met my mum, who was also, she'd also left Stoke-on-Trent and she was working there. And I'm guessing she didn't know um, about his back. No, Sorry. no. Um, but then I found out that she did know years later that he'd oh. been in trouble back right. in Yorkshire, where he was from. You know, his whole mess... Um, and, and again, from from talking to a lot of survivors, I've I've discovered that often there is this foggy, murky, yeah, yeah, messy background yeah. Of, of, yeah. of of people choosing what they think is the right decision for so, themselves or for their children, and yeah. then it not working out. You know, and yeah. I think there's a lot of blaming and shaming, and I of do course. not blame my mum in any way, shape, no, or form. I blame no. him. Yeah, don't blame my mum. Oh, no, no, it's him. Yeah, blame my mum for other things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did your <laughs> mum like? No, she didn't make great choices. Yeah, and, and she could be a little bit of a narcissist who abused certainly me with her narcissistic abuse and emotional abuse. Wow, you know, wanting me to make the choices that she yeah. wanted me to make, and 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 things like that, and quite often blaming me for certain things that clearly I wasn't to blame for. And when I went yeah. through my counselling last year for all of the abuse, um, I discovered that I, I actually was holding on to a lot of hurt wow. from my mum. Yeah, yeah. But I've worked through that, but I, I don't blame her for the no. abuse that I suffered from him. So One did, little bit. Did mum know, um, so you know when you said, just to go back a little bit, that you moved to your grandparents? Yeah. Um, did did she leave him, did you say? I don't know if I missed She her. did. did she yeah, left she him. did leave him. Did yeah. you ever um, mention anything that was going on to her? Did did she know? Not until I was much, much older. Oh, okay, so right. she, had so she never knew. Okay. We never discussed it. She wouldn't okay. discuss it. She blanket would not discuss it. Okay. Um, I did try to approach her about it when, once I was older and she just shut me down completely. So right. but she mentioned a few things, very strange things, actually. Um, she mentioned once to my sister and I, I've, I she, um, I've got a sister from, like, we've got the same mum, but different different dads. Yeah. Like and we're me. very close to my sister and I. Yeah. Um, and 
mum had mentioned to both of us that she knew how abused children acted because she'd right. been with an abused child before. And we were like, well, who could that be? You know, it's like, oh, how God. have you gotten so close to somebody to know how they act and everything? And I thought, it can only be me. She's, wow. It was kind of an admittance that, mm -hmm. you know. And I remember that we left Blackpool very abruptly. Yeah. And my dad wasn't, I knew this because I had a social worker. I do remember having a social worker. Um, my dad was not supposed to be around me without supervision. Somebody was always there apart from the fact when, you know, somebody would come out of the room or he'd, he once turned God. up at school when I was about eight or nine. Just out of the blue, turned up outside the school. And, and in those days, the school would let a child go with whoever said they were there to pick up the child. Yeah, it wasn't, yeah. Different it wasn't you know. like it is now, yeah. No, no, absolutely they not. They want your fingerprints and, and... now, which is good. <laughs> which, but, is, yeah. which is great. It's yeah. good. It's good. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I remember being over the moon that he was there because it proved to the other kids that I'd got a dad. Because back in oh. the 70s, for you not to have a father was a bit of a, a, bit of a stigma. You were treated yeah. differently. It's mm -hmm. not like it is now. You know, yeah. I mean... Same happened it, to my mum. She was given up at birth, so she yeah. grew up in a home yeah. and so she had the same sort of thing. Um, yeah. Weirdly enough, actually, um, I was going to ask you about, you know, when you said you, with the with the police and he yeah. was harassing you. Um, yeah. I don't know if even you know this, Nat, but um, when, my mum suffered the same sort of thing. So my sister is uh, we've got the same mum, but different dads. Yeah. And her dad has passed now. But obviously, because he's not my dad, it's not my place to talk about on here yeah. until either of them are ready to come on and talk about it, which they do want to. But my mum struggled um, and had a, a first abusive relationship with um, my sister's dad. And yeah. he kidnapped Karen, my sister. Oh, my he God. He kidnapped her. And <sighs> they had to get the police involved because he was threatening to do things and things like that. Um <sighs> Yeah, I, I don't world? think I've ever spoke about this, but again, it's not my place to say or to talk about. Yeah. She will come on, but yeah. um, she did tell me that, you know, back, I mean, if that happened now, if someone to kidnap a child and, mm. you know, threats and things like that, it would be taken like seriously as it should. But my mum yeah. did say back then it was like, well, that's her dad. It was very much like, mm, well, yeah. that is her dad or, yeah. and they wouldn't take those sort of things seriously. So you, I, when you just said then, um, you know, it, it getting that against him did stop him from coming near you do you think yeah. back then that the police were taking this sort of thing seriously as well in general i remember mum talking to me about her previous uh relationship her, her marriage um to my sisters and my two of my older brother's dad and she wasn't taken seriously um when she was um when she was beaten um when she had violence from from her first husband, um, she wasn't taken seriously, no. And she did mention it quite a few times. And I, I won't tell that side of the story because that's yeah. my sister's yeah. Yeah, thing exactly. as well, yeah, again. Yeah. Um, it's a whole other mm -hmm. story that is is really... Um, for my sister to tell if she wanted to, yeah. Yeah. so I won't. I won't go any no, further no. with that. But mum she... wasn't taken seriously. Right, yeah. I don't That's know disgusting. about whether she was taken seriously, whether she ever reported anything with my dad. I don't know. But the, that that night that that actually happened, yeah, um, it was my stepdad who rang the police, and wow, they did take it seriously. I have to say, oh good, um, good. 
they did take it very, very seriously. Going back to, I hope you don't mind me asking this. Like, no, no. You you mentioned obviously the kind of sexual abuse as well. Yeah. What age roughly was that between? First memory, I do remember being around about three years of age. I do remember. I can't have been very old. I can't have been any older. And when did that kind of stop? Maybe four. Um, when, when, <laughs> well, it stopped when we moved away, obviously, yeah. until he would come and visit. And if he ever found an opportunity to be alone with me, he would touch me inappropriately. You must it have wouldn't been terrified. Be... Don't particularly like men with beards, let's put it that way, because yeah. he had a big beard. Um, is it, this is really random, but it's something I'm, I'm quite fascinated with. I've, I've read quite a lot of books about the psychology that you get from that. Like, I've yeah. read a case before where a kid then associated that kind of love as worth and then if someone didn't do that and they had a weird relationship with their mum because their mum didn't do it and they associate abuse with love and have you have you found anything with partners since like completely and utterly yeah yeah. my dad was um quite a rough and ready he he was a fighter oh god he was a singer himself he loved singing yeah Um, and he had got a beautiful voice from what I remember a really stunning voice you know, yeah. I mean, full-blown um, opera he could sing. Oh, wow. He, he nice. was. He was wonderful in, in that terms. And, yeah. and for many years, I think I associated nice men with being weak. Yeah, um, I get that. And also, yeah. regardless of the fact of what my dad did to me, I did love my dad. Um, and I sought his attention and, and his love as a child. I, rem- I clearly remember that. I clearly remember when we left. Mm. I cried and cried and cried and cried. And for many years, I had a very, very unhealthy, toxic view of what love was. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, you were so young. I mean, that... It's yeah. crazy. I mean, I knew it was young, but that took me back. I'm, I really am sorry that you went through that. Um but that's such a young age to, yeah. like you said, to define what love is because you're, you're yeah. not, your brain hasn't processed enough what that is to be able to no. differentiate the two. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, that is, yeah, Sickening. I can't imagine the struggles you've had it's, since because, like you said, up it, an awful it'll lot. affect you from yeah. that day on. When did you yeah. kind of know that it was wrong? Like, when did you kind of start realizing what you've been through is a trauma? It's not what love is. Not until quite a few years later, I think, um, because when I used to protest to my dad when I was younger, the, when I time I remember, he used to say, "It's just love. Oh, it's just okay. love. It can't be wrong." You know, um, <sighs> and for for a lot of time, I, I thought that maybe, and I'd look at, I'd look at um, like my friends with their dads, um, and and part of me used to feel jealous because they were able to. Um, have time with their dads that I didn't have but also if they sat on their dad's knees and stuff I'd start to feel sick but not know why but also be envious Um, and now I've gotten older it's like when I think about um, girls and their fathers in particular I know boys go through abuse from their fathers as well I'm not I'm not denigrating that at all or dismissing it I can only speak as from being a woman you know absolutely who was a female child who went through it um, I, I, especially when I had, when we had our daughter, like my husband and I, um, I found it very, very difficult to kind of bathe her, to look at her when she was naked. I'd try to cover her up. 
I would I would be very, very aware of how my husband was with her and I'd be constantly, you know, sort of watching, so to speak. And it, it made me feel really sick that I just couldn't relax around this relationship, which was actually pure and beautiful, which was yeah, how a father and daughter should be. Yeah. You know. And that's so, amazing that you have found someone who has your back and I'm sure understands, like, do you talk I'll put quite you through openly? Hell. Oh. I've put him through hell. I've sent him to hell and back in the 25 years we've been together. 25 years, geez. Congratulations, that's amazing. You've been through hell as well and he understands that, you know. I think when I sought counselling last year, I realised because I nearly, we, you know, with, with lockdowns and everything, because with him working away, yeah, people who know me very well know that he works away for the bulk of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was he was locked down in Kuwait whilst I was, we, you know, we were all locked down here Ugh. for some of the time. And we didn't see each other for nearly five months and things were going badly. Um, and he said, I can't do this any longer. You know, I just don't know whether I can do this anymore. And we had a blip and it was awful and it was horrible. And then he came back and I quickly realised I got to sort out my issues because if I didn't, I was going to lose him. Yeah. Um, and so I started the counselling finally. I finally, because I've always avoided it because I thought it's too painful to go into it all. Yeah. And I'm so glad I did it because it's kind of saved us. Um, because now you. I know that it doesn't matter if you've gone through, it doesn't matter what you've gone through in your life, It doesn't. you cannot use it as, a, as an excuse. No. Or as a beating stick for somebody else. No. You can't, doesn't matter. You have matter. to deal with it eventually, don't you? Because like you said, you do. it's not you only do. had that knock-on effect of, and I'd, I'd not even thought of that until you just said mm. it. Like, it's obviously yeah. going to have an impact with every single man in your life. Um, Absolutely. It's, it's something mm. that's going to you. But then for you to say about your children, like, yeah, you're feeling awkward seeing your kids naked because yeah. you obviously, you don't know where what lies in your brain because you, you weren't no. taught. And that's, I've never, ever thought of anything like that because obviously I don't have children and I haven't been yeah. through what you have, but for it to affect what should be one of the happiest times of your life is like that mm. bond with your child yeah. and the bathing and stuff like that. That's, you just don't realise what it does, do you? Like what? No. Oh, no. man. And I became mom, a mum the first time around very, very quickly. Um, <laughs> Jacob was a complete surprise blessing with my first relationship and my first husband um and he's a blessing a complete blessing you know I fell in love with him before he was even born I was only 18 years of age when I was (laughs) pregnant with him 19 when I gave birth to him but you know my mum was when she had Karen as well yeah very very similar to my mum like listening to your story it's very similar to my (laughs) mum but um he um he is, he is a blessing. And, you know, I think the way that he's been raised, I mean, he's, he's a millennial male, which is lovely. <laughs> he's so caring and so aware of women's issues and stuff, you yeah. know. Yes. I'm very conscious. Nice to hear, yeah. You've raised him very well then. Yeah. And that's well, down to you. He's raised himself to a certain extent as well at times, you know. No, it's, it's incredible. He's, um, he's got a good mum. One thing I want to ask you, actually, was it different raising your son and your daughter with your background like did you find you were more protective of your daughter absolutely yeah (laughs) Yeah, completely and utterly yeah it was very different um I mean I was protective of of both of them obviously I'm I'm a mum um but it was very very different completely and utterly yeah um I actually when I was when I was expecting my son 
I didn't back in those days you didn't really know it was a bit of a guessing game you couldn't go and have a scan or anything like that it was uh, you know so when he was born I was very relieved he was a boy um oh really yeah absolutely yeah wow and then when I was pregnant again nine years later by this point I was I was I I, I divorced my first husband um, Jacob's father and I was with with my current husband um and we'd been trying for around about a year to have a baby and um in the end have to have a little bit of help um finally got pregnant and all the way through I just felt like I desperately wanted a girl but was very scared in case she was um yeah that makes sense and then when she came along um I was so massively happy that I got a girl but also very very scared um and as it was <laughs> as as she's gotten older um i mean she's now um she went through a, a few changes as a as a as a young teenager um bless her again that's her story and i won't i won't talk about that but i was just so relieved to um to really have an education from her on on how a, a, a healthy father-daughter relationship is because they have a very healthy That's relationship. Lovely. It's beautiful, their yeah. relationship. They're very, very close. They're very loving towards each other. There is nothing, you know, toxic or tainted about it. So um, has that helped you heal to kind of see, yeah, like, that's absolutely. what it should be there's like? Been some, there's, there's been some learning curves. There's been some massive learning curves from watching them together. And at times I've had to confront my own feelings and you know address how I've reacted to certain things um which has been not healthy you know at the end of the day it's not them with the issues it's me and whether those issues are my fault or not it doesn't make any difference that they don't deserve my skewed thinking that I had being inflicted upon their relationship and that is it um, What's terrifying is like your innocence was just robbed from you yeah. at such a young age. Yeah. So of, it isn't your fault to... Yeah, of course, you know. it's, God, it's not your fault. But the the ripple effect of like yeah. this one person, this, this, sorry to speak of your biological father this way, but this evil behaviour yeah. to take away your innocence, which has then ruled your life. Like it's something that's really taken a hold of you and then you've passed on to your like like adulthood and it's amazing that you're getting help and it's amazing you found this supportive bubble and you have this amazing relationship with your kids but that's down to you being a strong person and fighting for that because yeah you could have used that as an excuse yeah and you could have used what's happened to you to not be a nice person for the rest of your um, life and you haven't that's you, the strength the of you is incredible <laughs> You know, honestly, I mean, is, is anyone the best person? <laughs> I mean, I've is made, anyone? I've made some pretty big, 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 big mistakes that if I could take back, I would. But I've never intentionally tried to hurt somebody. I've no. always tried to do my best. Yeah. But at times, you know, I haven't, and that's it. Um, but I mean, yeah. I think the biggest thing, like going back to what you said, your childhood was robbed. Um, I have some happy memories of my childhood. I have some lovely memories, particularly Great, being with my grandma and granddad. Oh, and good. my mum's yeah. family, although <laughs> all a bit batshit, <laughs> but I can say that. 
Oh, we <laughs> don't worry. We're all a bit mad as a box of frogs, all of us. Um, <laughs> I love that. Um, we're really very, very, you know, we we were all very, very close. Um, and a few right. of us got together because, I mean, my grandma and granddad passed away. My mum's gone. My stepdad's gone. My birth father, I found out back in 2000, had, packed, had, had passed away. Um Right. So there's not that many of us left, but when we get together, we do discover quite a strong streak of things that we all have in common, oh. which is nice because um, we're all yeah. dotted all over yeah. the UK. Um, oh, wow. So it's 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 really nice to, to get together with them and, and realise that we're not alone. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And the biggest revelation actually was, was that my father, my birth father, was actually um, very nearly abusive to another family member. Oh, really? oh wow! Yeah, and it, it was a real revelation. So, how um, did you find out this information? This then? was by talking. This was just by talking about the past and stuff. And it's, it's amazing how much gets shut down when you're a child. And this is what I want to say yeah. to people: listen to your children, please. Children do not yeah. make up things like this. They do not. Watch them. Listen to them. Tell them, use the proper names for the sexual organs and for the genitalia and for the private parts. Don't use silly names. Use proper names that your children know that they can use come to tell you uncle such and such or, you know, um, maybe even auntie such and such or, you know, yeah. the, the scout yeah, leader mum or whatever because it's always people in positions of trust. Yeah. yeah. Nine yeah. times out of ten. The majority of abuse yeah. doesn't happen by strangers. It happens by people who are known to you, who you know, known yeah. to your child and are yeah. trusted. And when That's you talk about somebody in the Absolutely. family, maybe, or somebody in the friend circle being a bit dodgy, know they're a bit dodgy. When you smell a rabbit and it's off, it's off. And keep your child <laughs> yeah. away from them. <laughs> it's yeah. simple. Yeah. You know, I can't yeah. stress this enough. I really cannot. I know it's difficult if, um, you know, my mum got us away from my my dad and I thank her for the rest of my life for that. Um, she tried her best, I know she did. Um, but I know it's difficult when you're caught up in a relationship with somebody and, you know, that itself yeah. is abusive and you're scared of leaving. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. What was your relationship like with your mum? Like, did Were you close? <sighs> yes, but not always in a good way. Um, okay. As I've said before, my mum my had her own issues. She had her own mental health issues that she never addressed, never dealt with. She had a, a very large, massive nervous breakdown um, when I was young. Okay. Um, I remember her going into hospital. Um, she tried to commit suicide by taking a, a bunch of pills and one of my aunties was there. And oh, I remember wow. my auntie walking her around the room and me saying, what's wrong with mummy? And uh, then she went away and that was it. And we were with my grandma and How old and were you at this point? I think I must have been around about four. I think it all coincided. It was all a very oh, tumultuous time. Whether I was wow. younger, I don't yeah. know. I, yeah. You know, such a lot of my childhood is, is mixed up in my memory. And yeah. I only really very clearly remember solid things from when I was around about seven. And before that, it's all flashes and... Yeah. Um, well, your brain's not developed. That's it, no. It's a way of protecting you, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's protected yeah. you from those Absolutely. memories. Absolutely. Which is what we can thank the brain for, but... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, 
I remember talk, when we talked yesterday, you said a little bit, so going back to your first marriage. Yeah. Um, you also said so, because obviously you were quite young then. And you yeah. said you were 18 when you had Yeah, your first we were 18 child. when I married yeah. I was 18 when I married him and he was only 19, bless him. Yeah. We were both wow. very young. So it was young. my first very serious relationship when yeah. I met him. Tell us a little bit about that, because you said yesterday there was some domestic abuse yeah, in your was, first relationship um, as well. I am not blaming him in any way, shape or form. Um, I come from this childhood, historic abuse. I'd also come from a very mixed up home where I'd had this very mixed relationship with my mum. We'd had awful arguments. I'd been bullied at school. I'd... I'd played truant from school. I'd, Even though I was a very bright child, I, I messed up my schooling because I felt so worthless. I, I, I'd got no joy in life at all. I, I wanted to die. Um, many occasions oh, I wanted to. Um, and quite a few occasions tried to commit suicide as well. Nearly succeeded on the second occasion. Um, well, thank God you didn't. Oh, yeah, I was about yeah, to say. I think that now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I'd also, um, when I'd, when I was seventeen, just before my eighteenth birthday, um, I'd gone to a party, and it was a lad I was kind of seeing, but not seriously. Um, I was still very scared of of men, um, but I'd, I'd kind of, I'd liked him because we 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 did a part time job together at a very famous fast food restaurant. <laughs> and myself and my friend had gone and I was supposed to be staying at her house that evening so we'd gone together to this party at this lad's house that I really liked and I was kind of on off seeing um, and we were both given drinks um, they were both I think there was joints being passed around um and the last thing I remember is being given a drink and the next thing I remember is waking up in a bed and there was a man, didn't know who he was, and he was he was on top of me. Oh, and I was me. I was foggy, I was completely and utterly out of it. Oh, it was my God. horrible. Um and I thought for many years that I had gotten drunk and passed out. But I think from counselling what I discovered was because the counsellor had said you were probably drugged because yeah, most people, yeah. most people who've 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 um, come to me and, and described what you've described, where they felt foggy, where they felt like they can't fight back, where they oh, you know, where they felt like in and out of it, um, or they've woken up with it being done, have been drugged. Um, and I think my drink was spiked. But my friend had left because mm. I was in such a state, apparently. She said she were passed out. And this this guy whose house, whose flat it was, had put me on his bed. It wasn't him who was who was raping me. It was one of his friends. Um, oh, so how God. old was this man then? So you said he you was in eight. his early twenties. I was <sighs> I was just short of eighteen. It was about a month before my eighteenth birthday. Um, but I remember when I came came around properly, but he'd actually, he'd got a, a flick knife. And when I looked at my foot, he'd actually carved a letter into my foot. Oh, and it was his what? surname. It was his first Are you fucking letter. joking? No, 
No. What the fuck? No. Oh, my... F- because I, I went into the bathroom and saw that there was glass everywhere. Um, I'd also got a cut to the back of my head. And I don't know. I, I've, I think I was thrown against the mirror, maybe. I don't know in the bathroom for some reason or other. I don't know. All I do know is that I staggered out of there at about five o'clock in the morning. Um, I walked to the nearest bus station, which was about two miles away. Um, got the bus home and I'd wondered why people were looking at me on the bus. Um, I mean, they were obviously, you know, coming back from work or going to work. It was very early in the morning. And when I got back and got in through the door, my mum was waiting. And it was this is pre-mobile phones. So I'd, you know, not been able to text or anything like that. You know, we're talking about 1989. So um, she was worried sick because she obviously hadn't heard from me. Um, And I said, I was going to stay at Sue's. And she said, so you didn't? I said, no, I didn't. Um, And she saw the state of me and said, what's happened to you? I said, mum, I think I've been raped. Oh, my God. But I don't know because I can't remember because all I remember is waking up and there was a man on top of me. I said, but, and she she looked at me and my clothing was torn. I'd got vomit all down the front of me, which I'd not, taken in in my state I'd not taken in anything about the state of myself um and when I undressed she said the best thing you can do is just go and have a nice bath and she drew me a bath and I said mum should I tell the police and she said no because they're gonna they'll crucify you you've been drinking haven't you and I said no mum I don't remember I said I think I had a glass of cider um and then I was given a drink at the party and I don't remember anything after this at all um the only thing the last thing I remember I think was having this drink and there being Holly um god what's he, what was he called the lead singer of um Frankie Goes to Hollywood and he'd uh, Mary Carno's that song oh, was oh, on yeah. on the on the on the stereo or something that's what I remember last. And and she said, no, you need to just wash yourself now and I'll make you a nice cup of tea and you can go to bed and rest. And I just, I knew really, I mean, I scrubbed myself, but a couple of days later, I'd got bruising all around my neck. There was bruising all on the insides of my thighs. I was bleeding. Um... And I got this letter W carved into my foot. Fuck and I was speaking to a couple of my college friends um, that I knew. There were a couple that were together, um, um, a pair of girls that were together. And they were horrified and said, you really need to go and tell the police. So they accompanied me to the police station about three days after. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Um, I was there all day, um, around about 13 or 14 hours um, giving my statements and they, they would go over everything with a fine tooth comb and then I went to see the police surgeon and the, the horrible thing was I was assigned a female police officer to accompany me to the police surgeon to be with me as a chaperone. She was actually worse to me than the police surgeon. The police surgeon who was male was lovely, explained everything, every step of the way that he was going to do. When he did the swab inside me and he pulled it away the the female police officer said oh my god what's that what yeah 
she was vile to me. She was the one who said, you you young girls going out, getting tarted up, getting, oh, getting, getting pissed and then coming in and, and crying rape. And I actually felt disgusting about myself. I felt disgusting. Oh, I disgusting. hope she's fucking not working anymore. Like, sorry, I'm, I'm so angry no. for you. I still to this day don't know what that was. That still makes me feel as so though I was disgusting and dirty inside. Why? This, this upsets me so much. Why, why should you feel like you did anything wrong if you want to go out and get absolutely bladded and walk around with nipple yeah, tassels on you have every freaking right to do that yeah no no one gets to take that away from you and yeah. for you to then feel ashamed and like you are asking for it why oh my god I'm so angry for you I'm so sorry that you've been through this this is oh yeah it's pretty horrible ugh. Did you, um, and then you do all this blooming crying in counselling. You think it's all gone? <laughs> no, listen. But I do. I geez. go to group counselling sessions still, you know. And you, you've got to be aware of other people, and you've got to give them time as well. You know, you can't, you can't kind of, and you can't keep crying about this stuff either. You've got to move on with your life. And I have, I have a lovely life now. I really, really do. And but you've been through a but lot. But it is you... pretty rotten. I just want to say to anybody, you know, it's everybody's own choice as to whether they report something or not. But there is, um, there are things in place now to ensure mm -hmm. that you are lo looked after much better. You know, I had nothing but respect from the rest of the police force. Seriously. They yeah, did get him arrested. They did oh, get right, him arrested. Right. I was just about to say, he please was, tell me like who he was and well not he who was he was. He was remanded but... in custody. He was for six weeks. Without bail. He was okay. put into custody for six weeks. He was in prison for six weeks on remand. He was not oh, allowed out for six weeks. Sadly, right. everything has to go through um, the CPS. They decide whether it's going to go to full court, whether it's going to be taken to trial. They decided that despite the photographic evidence, despite the, the, the knowledge that he had penetrated me, because there was signs of penetrative sex, um, despite the damage that he had done to me, um, I'd waited three, four days before reporting it. And oh, because he <sighs> he was saying it was just rough sex oh, and he gosh. also had other friends who had been at the party who were still they were still obviously smoking weed they were still obviously drinking with the guy that I <laughs> whose party it was they'd a couple of them had said we heard some screaming we heard some noises we heard we heard uh, bangs and everything, but we just assumed they were having a session. And he'd oh explained my. it off as rough sex. And she he liked got away with sex. it. And so then he um, got out. He, the evidence, unfortunately, was my word against his. Um, it's, it's a lot of people need to understand it isn't easy to get a conviction against somebody mm. for rape. Please don't let this put anybody off if you are planning to go and report a rape. Know that you will get every ounce of support that there is available. There are people that will help you. And the police force now have more training and you can have yeah. a representative from any number of the, of the sexual violence charities that exist to help you. Um, there will be somebody that, that, will, that will be with you. 
Um, I don't want to put anybody off. This was my personal experience. There are other people's experiences where they have had some form of justice through the courts, and that's wonderful. Um, to put it into context, when we were called in by the CID officer that was dealing with my case, he said, I've got a daughter your age. He said, I'm, I'm, my heart's breaking for you. I know that the, he did this to you. I know he did this to you. He said, we cannot do anything without the CPS say so, unfortunately, and we've had to drop the case. It's been thrown out. He said, if I can tell you that there was a five-year-old child who also had their case heard the same day as yours, and that was also thrown out. Oh. So, you know, the battle goes on. <laughs> I'm constantly petitioning um, for, you know various uh, changes in the law for justice yeah. yeah because i couldn't get my personal justice but it doesn't mean that i can't fight for somebody else to have theirs um, i mean that's a very beautiful sentence you yeah, just said and yeah. just fucking shows you know. how strong and incredible you are that they yeah. they might have done this to you but they've not taken away the the that sad thing that i've always you. carried around guilt wise the freaky thing actually i've got a very very good friend i've known since I was 9 and she had gotten married quite young and her husband, um, oh gosh, it was horrible. I'd gone around to their house and it was after I'd had my son. So it was, it was um, maybe two years later and um, maybe two or three actually. And he, her husband had actually started to mention this friend who'd been around and I can't remember what the context was, but he said, oh, he's only just come out of prison. Um, and uh, no. he said, he's always been a bit dodgy. We've never really liked him, have we? And my friend said, no, we, I don't really want him here. because." And now I've found out what he did, what he was in prison oh, for. I definitely don't want him here. I said, oh, what was he in prison for? You know, I, he raped somebody. And I was like, okay. And they said, he's, he's, he's from this certain area. I know alarm bells started to ring. Mm -hmm. And I said, what was his name? And they said his name, and it was him. Jesus. So he'd actually wow. gone to prison after my case had been thrown out. He'd obviously done it to somebody else. That he had been convicted for, and he had gone to prison, but he'd been let out pretty quickly for being a good boy. <laughs> so... I mean, the only th the okay. way I'm trying to find like a silver okay. lining there is that because he already had that against him on his record for you, yeah. Yeah. that maybe that could have helped the next case and sent him away. I don't know if that's how I it don't works. Know. But I, I think I think they're allowed to mention any previous convictions yeah. or any previous arrests only after they've been found guilty. As soon as they've been found guilty, then previous things can come into um, into the fall for the for the judge to sentence. I'm not sure about that. I, my wow. legal knowledge is not strong enough. I, I I am trying to brush up on it because what I'm yeah, trying to do is get strong stands. enough to become a, a volunteer for survivors. And I will oh, wow. have to know quite a lot of the legal stuff so I can be there in case there's any legal things going on. I want to provide more help you know this is the area i want to go into um but as i understand it maybe after he was found guilty of the following um rape um maybe they were allowed to mention he's been arrested before yeah. for this but the conviction was you know never came to fruition because it was thrown out um but the guilt you feel 
I think the guilt I felt that I'd waited for some days and then I thought, well, even if it had gone straight away, maybe they'd have still thrown it out. Even you know? still, though, it's you have to process it yourself. That's not... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You can't just be like, absolutely. I'll go right now. Sometimes It's so difficult and people don't understand that when, you know, people are like, no. why don't you just go straight to the police? Why don't you do this? And it's yeah. like, because until you're in it, and I don't ever want anyone yeah. to experience anything like that, no, but God, no. it's like, you don't know how your body's going to react. You no. don't, you don't know what to do with yourself. No, you don't. Um, and, and then, and like it's you all, said, those... also people also say, um, "Well, did you scream? Did you shout? Did you did you fight oh. back? Did you do this? Did you do that?" It's not, you know. Well, for a start, reaction. you were drugged, so no. But even you know if I you're mean? not drugged, like... the reaction, you know, is yeah. Some um, people freeze. It's one of shock. Some... Yeah, you were. And if he had of... a knife, he's carved yeah. a letter into your foot. Yeah. You, you don't know what he's doing next. You don't know what. I mean, I've read somewhere, again, I try and read as much as I can, very similar to you, to keep myself up on these things. And unfortunately, the main thing you'll read is how not to get raped rather than yeah. how to not rape someone, um, yeah. which just this doesn't matter. is it, isn't it? Yeah, that's I so mean, fucking as, backwards. It's not it even is. funny. I mean, yeah. I've had a conversation with my boyfriend and I've been like, did you ever at school get a policeman come in and talk about this? And he was like, mm. no. And I'm like, oh, I got taught, yes. don't have your headphones in, don't wear a ponytail because yeah. it's easier to grab, don't wear bright colours, da 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 yeah. And he's like, nope. And I'm like, cool. Just shows the difference. But yeah. any who, you just go, at what point in your brain are you meant to go, okay, um, if I scream, he might kill me. Yeah, he might. And I read somewhere that it's this is horrific, and I, I I'm really hoping it's been thrown out. But someone had said, if you pretend to enjoy it, then yeah. they will stop. Oh, and I remember reading off. that. <laughs> Literally, I remember reading it and being like, at what oh, point in your brain? At what? I mean, I've I've got acting training, and I know for a million million percent there is no way that I could no. do that. No. And it, uh, it's just it's that why? thing as well. I've heard, you know that people go into <sighs> they have like an outer body thing to mm, pr- yeah, help yes. them to protect themselves yes. and they just go right if i just take my mind somewhere else because yeah. this is happening so yeah. yeah if you're focusing on trying not to be so fucking traumatized you're not yeah. gonna scream like this it's like fight or flight until something happens that's like huge yeah. or traumatic you don't yeah. know how your body's gonna react you're right Like at all, you could say, you know, people could say, oh, well, I'd have done this. You know, when you hear people Mm. talk about if something happened, well, I'd have done this and I'd have done that. You you don't know. I'm sorry, but you don't know. Until you're in a situation like that, you cannot judge anybody's pure reaction. That's that's not okay. You were were so young when this happened and like the first person you told, like your parent who you look up to as an adult and you go, yeah, you understand adult life and you're telling me to go have a bath, go to sleep, have yeah. a cup of tea. Yeah. You would, in that kind of vulnerable state, you that's what you're going to do. Yeah. yeah, You're not going to go, no, mum, I want to do this. Yeah. You, you just don't. You go with what you're being told by authority figures this is in your it. life. This is it. And she was absolutely, oh. you know, while she was very um, <laughs> loving on the, like in, in the immediate aftermath that evening, she did go out with my stepdad. And left me in the house on my own. And, oh, and now geez. thinking back to that, I was so scared that night. You know, I was oh, so scared. God, yeah. oh, and also in the weeks that followed, you know, I I I I, I was traumatized completely. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating. And my I, I dropped down to um, seven stones. Oh. Um, okay. And I'm, I'm I'm around five foot four, so it doesn't sound as though it's like you know dire. Oh my gosh, but it was. I was a bag of that's bones. That's nothing. Yeah. Um, Dear God. And I was, and then 
not long after that, I think about three weeks after that, I, I, I tried to kill myself and I, I nearly succeeded. I'd taken well over, this is in the days where you couldn't, where you weren't limited to buying only two packets of 16 paracetamol. You could buy bottles of 100 and then you could go and buy another oh, bottle of 100 and I took, I took nigh on nearly a full bottle of 100 paracetamol. Didn't tell anybody at all. Um... Next day, started to feel very sick, was very sick. I was sick everywhere at college and um, rushed me off to hospital and my, well, my, <laughs> obviously my liver was pretty, yeah. pretty, um, pretty knackered. Um, and they said basically to my mum, they can give me, could, could give me an antidote to try and limit the amount of damage that the paracetamol would do, but they couldn't guarantee in the next 24 hours were crucial. I'd either go into major organ failure or I'd live. I'd, I lived. Wow. Um, God. But it's... I'm glad I didn't succeed. I really am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so are we. I, yeah. Yeah. But with the knock-on effect, because I know you were talking about my first relationship, well, the knock-on effect was the first real relationship that I had was only six months... started only six months later. In oh, December 1989, I met my first husband, my son's father. Um, three months later, I was pregnant. And then by the following July, we were married. And wow. we were very, very young. And yeah. he was a very good man. A very good man. Very good father. But there were arguments. Because I was damaged. I was traumatised. Um, and there were arguments. And there was violence. And it's not nice at all. From both sides? Uh, I would say there was... I would say I was mentally not very nice to him at times, shall I say. I'm going to right. admit to that. Yeah. I would push him okay. to see how far I could push him. Um, yeah. I was constantly getting us into issues with money because I wanted to try and spend the trauma away. I now know that I have borderline personality disorder, which is a horrible diagnosis because it makes you yeah, feel like there's something terribly wrong with you. <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got a friend who's working through this currently and it's, yeah. it's heartbreaking to watch. So I, but, feel, I do feel for you a lot. Um, one of the side effects, unfortunately, of this disorder are that you're not very good with money sometimes and you do have an issue with yeah. impulsive behaviour. Yeah. And one of my impulsive behaviours was to try and spend... I mean, crikey, it's a good job we didn't have online <laughs> online shopping in those days because I'd have been awful. So it got to the point where he limited what he would give me in terms of money. But he was also right. very... Um, I think he was scared himself of, of losing me, so he was very insecure, very possessive. Right, um, okay. Um, so just I not a good recipe sort of thing not with really, everything? Not really, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. unfortunately, um, you know, the, he he was at times not very nice to me, but also I was not very nice to him. And when we separated, I left him um, and I, I took my son with me, but I never stopped him from seeing my son, our son, because he was a very good dad. Yeah, but there yeah. was, he had, you know, himself a lot of pain. Um, and there was a lot of, of fear and I, I, I ended up taking out a restraining order against him as far as I was concerned. So okay. allowing him to see his son, 
but he wasn't allowed to come anywhere near me for a little while because he'd said some yeah. things, made some threats. They were okay. all in upset and anger and, and he's not this person at all. He's not the person he was towards me. Yeah. But I think everything that was with him was a side effect of what I'd gone through as a child and a side effect of having been raped six months previously, seven months previously, yeah, previous to when not I met him. a lot of time, is it, to deal with I it before going into your choice next... And I, yeah. No, it isn't. I, yeah, I had you wouldn't know that. a thing. There was no, you know, mental health. There's, you couldn't get help for things like that, like no. counselling. So you wouldn't no. have known it's too soon because you hadn't no. dealt with this, like X, Y, no. and Z. So you wouldn't have known I mean, that it was a wrong decision to make. And, you know... Right, you, crisis existed back in those days, but I kind of felt... Um, bullied by my mum out of it because she didn't believe in anything like that. And she said she, her belief was that if you brushed it under a carpet and stayed quiet about it, that it would go away. Go away. Fortunately, that's not how no. it works. No. That was a, that was a no. theme then, though. I remember, like, Absolutely. like, we've just said, even going back to what you said about being in schools and talk, having discussions, mm. but they'd separate... I don't know if they did this to you, but the minute you said that, it reminded me that they used to separate the boys and girls. Boys and the girls. Yeah. And they used to 100%. take the boys Absolutely. for a walk, a, yeah. a walk, a talk, and the girls yeah. for a yeah. talk. Yeah. That, like, why? Because you, you're conditioning them to think differently to us instantly. Yeah. Like, get us in you the are. same room talking. But then I remember, you know, even like, I don't know, older the older generation of my family would be like, well, why are you having talks at school about this that, and the other? Ah, oh, just get on with it. It's yeah. like... That it was never a thing then to talk about mental health. No, like I didn't know what right. domestic abuse was. I didn't really yeah. know what mental health was because we never talked about it. Um, unless the boys got that chat, I don't know because they had a different <laughs> one to us. But yeah. it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be that way. Like no. no, it just baffles me when I hear all these things and when my mum talks about stuff and it's like I feel like it wasn't that long ago for it not to be talked about. Like. Or, yeah, or something really done scary. about it. It's so scary because it's so hard to change that now. It's yeah. really difficult for, to change it. But that's where we need to start, like back with the schools. We need to get, you know, the young men and women and... Absolutely. All genders it, to... It does begin. Get it, it in their brains. It absolutely begins as, as children, you know? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, that's where you develop it. It's what use. you learn. Is very very important, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Gen Gen Xer. I am guilty of so many inappropriate um, uses of language over the years, you know, because we were taught that it was okay mm-hmm. to say yeah, things. Absolutely. I don't mean in terms of like, you know, in terms of violence or sexual violence or abuse or anything yeah. like that. I mean, in terms of general. You know the way we, yeah. we, the way that people would speak of, of of gay people, the way people would speak of transgender people, mm-hmm. the way people would speak of people of colour, of, of of women, and it's still yeah. happening. But what's happening is the younger generations, who were often deemed as snowflakes for daring to try and book the trend <laughs> of unkindness, yeah. you know, daring to yeah. try and get people to think about the way that they speak about others. You know, they are yeah, kind of leading the way. And I'm not saying it's just young people because I'm not young. I'm, I'm 51 in next month, you know. And Still I've young, got, babe. Still I've young. got friends yes. who, I've got a beautiful friend who's in her 70s who actually delights in being called a snowflake, you know, <laughs> and she's from the boomer generation. Love you know, that. It's, it's <laughs> a constant um, evolve 
evolving thing, an evolution mm-hmm. of the language we use. And I'm yeah, hoping, 100%. I really am hoping that the language we use around around children, the respect for their own bodies, their, yeah. the respect for their own body autonomy and their privacy and mm-hmm. their choices um, have to be recognised and approved of um especially as they get older and you know we see so much slut shaming and it's gone on in the last day or so with the kim kardashian wearing of the marilyn monroe dress yeah i am a huge marilyn monroe fan do i believe that she should have worn that dress absolutely not not because she isn't worthy of wearing that dress but because that dress is historically very iconic yeah iconic Yeah, fragile. it should be like Only in a museum by somewhere. It was made especially yeah. for Marilyn to yeah. her body. Should have been yeah. kept behind that glass in that museum. Uh, I agree. Yeah. I agree. But, I agree with that. Have a replica but, made because you've got she, the yeah. money. <laughs> have she did. Have a replica. The rest of the evening. But but why wear my, that? Yeah. So I'm with you. My with that. argument isn't with that. My argument is we all know that she shouldn't have worn it. It shouldn't have been allowed. Yeah. You know, people should have people who say no to them. <laughs> it yeah, should be. They don't know that word. It's a really They're too powerful. They don't know boundaries. <laughs> yeah. Some of these celebrities <sighs> just don't have people that, that, that put no, boundaries no, in place. No, nobody dare say no to them. <laughs> God, no. But boundaries are very important, as I've learned as I've gotten older. <laughs> yeah, um, same. But, you know, um, the, the reason why I don't like some of the language that's been involved is there's been a lot of slut shaming and body shaming going on for that lady. 100%. You know, 100%. what she did in the past, what her choices were as far as making a tape or whatever mm-hmm. is her choice. We don't need to slut shame her for that. No, absolutely not. We don't no. need to talk about her body as being disgusting or fat and we don't need no. to shame her for that. We also don't need a celebrity to tell young women or young girls this is the way you do it you have to drastically diet to change oh, your body God, shape no. yeah over it <laughs> you yeah know? to so fit there's into a number a dress. of things yeah. a number of things but then at the same note what disgusted me is all this airtime was given to this when on yep. the same day you've got a historic case that was is threatening to be overturned yep where it will remove women's autonomy their body autonomy and again oh, in washington yeah there's yeah, another yeah. area yeah, yeah. But no one's no one's posting no one's about, about that. that. Go no. on social media, and it is just the dress, exactly. the dress, the dress. And then occasionally you'll see a little post, and you go, "Oh, what's that?" Oh, there's no yeah, information. Absolutely, the dress. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, before we let you go, because we have chatted your ear off. I'm so sorry. I think it's the other way around. I think I've chatted your oh, ears off. No, God no. Um, <laughs> it's been so us, powerful. So thank you. Yeah, it's been incredible. We've just. I mean, you guys can't see us on Zoom, but me and Farah have just been like a crying, and then B, our mouths just wide open at yeah. this. Oh. Um, tell us, yeah, tell us a bit about what you're up to now and the counselling and how you're finding life now. Yeah. On um, the kind of other side. As I touched on, um, for, for many years I pushed it under the carpet. I did the typical thing of it's too painful to deal with. And actually what I did for a few years was um, turn not daily to alcohol, but like I've said, if I was ever out or I was ever doing anything and alcohol was available, yeah. I would I would happily indulge and I'd, I'd start off feeling happy, but then become quite emotional very very quickly yeah and uh make stupid yeah. choices um that hurt you know that hurt people i cared about an awful lot um but uh i've knocked on the head completely i mean over the last four years i've had a bit of a 
love-hate relationship with it and cut it back, cut it back, cut it back. And I kept cutting it back and I'd spend months without it and then realise, what am I doing? Just string the months together and don't do it at all because then I won't have the relapses in terms of the mental health relapses that I was having. And then when I got diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and possibly being on the spectrum as well, um, um, it was a big revelation as far as not blaming myself anymore for how I was feeling and how I was behaving and taking some responsibility for my mental health and doing everything that I could to make sure that I was healthy in terms of eating well. Um, exercise has been a great, big, massive thing for me. I love to run. Um, yeah. Oh, good for you. And I set myself goals. And it can be quite scary running as a woman because yeah. I yes, have it, it, that's, had yeah, that's encounters whilst running. Um, again, <sighs> don't want to put any woman off running if you feel scared to run on your own. I like running on my own. I like my own peace and quiet, my own brain kind of having the time to de-stress and, Mm. you know, um, and declutter. But there are running clubs in every single town, city, up and down the country. There are running clubs. There are female-only running clubs. I just don't like running because I feel silly on my own. So I I just just be like, I'll join just so I don't have to run on my own because I feel like an idiot every time a car goes past. (laughs) Again, it doesn't have to be running, but finding something for you that makes you feel good. Yeah, and I found my thing as well. It does really help. It's just for you that nobody else can Mm -hmm. have and nobody else can take away from you. And it's your time. And I'm privileged in the respect of... um, I, my children have grown up. Our youngest is very mildly disabled, so does need a little bit of care and is still at home. The eldest is still at home as well, but he's leaving soon. <laughs> he's going to buy his own first home. Um, oh, good for him. But I'm limited to a certain extent by, this sounds ridiculous, but my youngest baby is my dog. Love that does not sound ridiculous to us. I yeah, know exactly what you mean. And he was very, very unwell last year, nearly died. Um, oh. Had a massive operation, and because he needs he needs um, daily care, even though he's all right, he's got he's only got one third of his stomach left. So he has to have um, oh. small meals often. Um, but he's your typical border collie. He's neurotic and absolutely completely full of energy and everything. So we have to kind of monitor him very closely. So, so when... he's not aware that he's only got no. one part of his stomach. No, 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 no. Um, he's just living his best so life. So when Hubby's away, I'm the only one who's here to look after him and, and sort of see, mm-hmm. to, see to a daughter and stuff like that. Um, so that's difficult at, at times. It can be a bit restricted. But I know that people out there might have young children might have illness themselves to battle with or family with illness, jobs. I'm lucky in the respect that my husband earns a very good wage and I can afford to take and leave, you know, the jobs that I can and can't and don't don't want to do, Yeah, basically. Yeah, great. Um, So I know I'm very privileged in that way. But whatever time you can scrabble for yourself, do it and do something wonderful. So that's what I do now. I I do a lot of running. Um, I try and run most days. Um, when my knees will let me um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, at the moment uh, I'm still singing during lockdowns I did daily tune sessions <laughs> which were musical theatre tunes at first and then I did Ladies of the 60s um, love that it, it was just mainly to give myself a focus and also just to yep. keep the old vocal cords in check and also to maybe hopefully bring a little bit of entertainment and 
something for people yeah. out there who yeah. were, you know, going through it was a rough time, wasn't it, for all of us? Oh, oh my God. God, it was awful. I don't even think I've ways. still dealt with that. That's that's going to be, yeah. that'll come out at some point. I mean, I think it's changed yeah. us all. I mean, I'm, I'm just very grateful I didn't lose anybody through COVID, but I do know people who, who did. Yeah, um, same. And my heart goes out to them. I mean, I was very lucky. Um, presently, at the moment, um, I'm building up to try and gig a little bit more again, get my confidence back to gig a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I've got nice shows coming up. Um, I've got um, my husband and I, uh, we're making plans for him eventually finishing what he does. He teaches abroad um, in a private British school and we're making plans for him to come home permanently eventually. Oh, that would be lovely. Yeah. Um, and we're t- I-, I want to open my own cafe. Um, I've wanted to do oh, it for nice. a long time. I'm going to name it after my nan. Oh, it's going to be amazing. a haven. It's going to be a safe space. It's going to be a writer's space, a reader's space, a, a dog walker's paradise. Oh, I've got oh, all these plans. Great. <laughs> yeah, coming. absolutely. All nice Do you humans. need some more singers? We'll all be there. Nice yeah. you, oh, we're absolutely <laughs> planning to have music nights singers and all Singers and dogs, sorts. we're there. Absolutely. We're there. We are there. Might not be able to pay very much. It might be a bit of a look, you know, doing it for the passion of it with with cake and coffee and whatever oh, else. Oh, pay me and cake. And well, a little bit, little bit of pay besides. on the cake and I'm sold on the coffee. So We're planning. Yeah. We're planning for, for so much eventually. Um, yeah. But at the moment, I'm still very much caught up in um, in my own in my own singing. I still, I've, I've been very yeah. very lucky, really. Um, particularly with doing a, a Shirley Bassey tribute, it's taken me all over the world. <laughs> it's oh kind wow! Of opened doors for me that weren't. Her open show is before. incredible. She's amazing. Um, Jesus, oh. good for you, girl. So that's been that's been really really nice. And also being somebody else on stage is pretty nice because you get to throw off this yes. anxious. <laughs> no confidence person <laughs> and, and, and an alter on, ego put on, yeah. on a wig and a few sequins yeah. and become somebody else <laughs> um, which is lovely <laughs> and so also, did you say you're doing your counselling I am are you training hoping, what were you telling me about to that you're training? training in November okay yeah um, that's incredible I'm going to see it'll be on a voluntary basis so I basically will give as yeah. much as I can give I'm hoping it can be one day a week at least that I can give um just knowing, because I, I spent so many years not talking about what I've gone through, and I know that if this if anybody that knows me kind of vaguely or as an acquaintance or follows me in terms of the singing, I know that maybe they'll be very, very shocked by what they might hear mm-hmm. because I don't talk about it. And no, a lot, maybe some of my family are going to be shocked as well because I've not really spoken about much of it with them. Um, but what I am... I'm hoping to remove the stigma. There shouldn't be a mm-hmm. stigma. No, nope. this Agreed. these are things that were done to me, and whilst some of my reactions to what was done to me haven't have been my choices, and weren't always the healthiest for myself and those I love, um, I've come to terms with that. They've come to terms with that. We've dealt with it. We've moved forward, and I just want people to know there is. I've actually got a really nice life now. I miss my husband. <sighs> But I've got a lovely family. I've got the most beautiful <laughs> friends you could ask for. I've got stunning friends. And I mean, friends I could call at three o'clock in the morning and say, and they have done. You know, they have been there. Um, we we feel you because that's me and that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, it's, that's, it's just uh, so beautiful to hear. Because Sorry, I'm getting upset talking oh, about mate. that. Oh. It's <laughs> just hearing what you've been through and then you just 
just but that I, sentence I, is I'm not stunning. alone. I'm not I'm not the only person. This is what I'm saying. Yeah. When I started to go to group counselling, without giving away anything that those ladies and, and, yeah. and girls have been through, um, my story is not unique. And I have to say, unfortunately, yeah. and I said this on the phone to, to Farah yesterday, <sighs> unfortunately, when you've been through one form of abuse, your self-worth gets battered. Yeah. 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 You don't value yourself. Um, yeah. You don't make the best choices. You believe that you are not worthy of the best things in life. So you accept and you tolerate so much nonsense. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, and it took me a long, long time till I was fifty years of age last year to forgive myself for some of the choices I've made and some of the things that I, I'm angry with myself at times for allowing the treatment from some people to hurt yeah. me. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not just mm. on about emotional, romantic relationships now. I'm on about some friendships I've had. Yeah, yeah, that haven't been the healthiest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. on either side, that have been mutually toxic. But I've, sadly, you know, I have had to say goodbye to yeah, some people in my life. Um, we, we do, we have to. Me it's and horrible. that, weirdly enough, I won't and say I too that. much, I've had that discussion yeah. recently. Um, yeah, the yeah. past couple of days we've yeah, been talking that, about this. Yeah, you know, it's, it's horrible. You and have it's to hurtful. let go of some things that, like you said, but, hurt you as some people. Whatever's yeah. toxic, we've got yeah. to... You but know, when the you further let, along our journey of healing, we have yeah, to let those yeah, go because we're do. past that now. You do. And when yeah. you yeah. let go, you have to do it with a completely open heart as well that wishes yeah. anybody yeah. that you let go well. You can't 100%. hold on to bitterness. No. You can't. You no. can't. You can't hold on to anything. There's nothing no, in this life. There's nobody in this life. There's nothing in this life that owes you one thing. No. And when you, you go back to um, when you said you must feel like, you know, like your childhood was gone um that it was robbed um to a certain extent yes i'm never ever going to get back that time but what i do have is now and that's what i want people to know is that now doesn't matter how old you are doesn't matter you can be in your 80s you can still go for counseling or you can still move forward you can still i've forgiven my father for what he did and i've forgiven that's big i've forgiven the rapist as well um, um, I'm not a born again Christian because I was I was I was I was I was in the Christian faith when I was younger, um, and my faith. People can find faith in whatever that they want to. I, I don't. It doesn't bother me if somebody else is agnostic or atheist or Muslim or, you know, a Buddhist. Um, my faith is Christianity. Um, I don't impose it on anybody else. But I found an awful lot of comfort in in my faith. Mm-hmm. Other people find Same. comfort in other things. Um, my, my one big thing, as I say to people, is make sure you come at anything you find faith in, anything that you do um, to ease trauma, make sure it's rooted in health, make sure it's yeah. rooted in something that is going to make make mm-hmm. you feel better. And it doesn't matter what anybody else says. If anybody's against you doing something that's good for you, you have to move forward. And mm-hmm. if you have to leave them behind, you do that. If anybody uses toxic mm-hmm. language towards you, and makes you feel anything less than you are. You've got to do this. You've got to try and put yourself first. And it's a horrible thing and it's a selfish thing to a certain extent. But it's what you have to do. 
and I can promise, even though I've cried on this today, I can promise anybody that there is life after Crying's good. or abuse. Crying's a good thing. Crying's so good. Yeah. It shows we're human and it yeah. shows we have a heart yeah. and a soul. And yeah. you... My God, right now I'm crying. (laughs) 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 You were doing so well then. (laughs) Could you see me? I was like, don't cry. I saw your your lip wobble. (laughs) I know. Um, You are a true inspiration. I have nothing else to say. I'm not holding on card. (laughs) No, you you are. Honestly, I felt like I was in a counselling session then. I think that's why, because you really hit home then. So, yeah, you, I am in awe of your strength and... You are an inspiration, so yeah. thank you so much. And I'm I'm so glad you found peace in your life, and I'm so sorry these things have happened to you, but I'm so happy for you. Like I got upset when you were saying like how happy you are because I was just like that's that's it. That's what it it took yeah. a while. It, you've been through so much, but you're there, and this is your life. Yeah, it's no one else's. So, mate, you're a fucking queen. Thank you, queen. We love <laughs> you. <laughs> fucking love you. Thank you, Rachel, so much. Um, Love you both too. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Wow. I'm... Yeah. Well, that woman is, like I've said, an inspiration. I'm just not going to stop saying it because her strength and power to overcome the things (sighs) that have happened to her in her life is out of this world like she deserves a freaking medal and the rest it's the things that no one should ever have experienced she's been through them all literally yeah and yet she obviously listeners you can't see zoom but she had a smile on her face most of that time she was so warm and when we got on zoom and she was like what you guys doing is amazing and she was so complimentary Mm -hmm. and you just go uh you're a queen yeah. and uh, you, you're amazing. So. And now she wants to help people and she's doing a counselling. It's like, it's so incredible. She's incredible. Because that's, that's the thing I was like trying to say, like she could easily just be bitter and angry that she's been through this and she could be self-destructive and she could be just, she could just stop. And yet instead she's taking this hurt and this pain she's been through to make others' lives better. Mm-hmm. And, that, and to, that and just, to help oh. herself. She's helping yeah. herself, like she's looking after herself. Heart. Oh my god, yeah, I'm, I'm she's a little, I'm phenom. in pieces. Well, thank you guys for um, listening to this episode. We know it's a yeah. bit of a longer one, but we we don't want to ever cut anyone's story down. No, we it's want you important. Guys to hear the full. Her story's important. Yeah, this isn't just a podcast where we're discussing like the news or like I don't know, no cake. I mean, that'd be a great podcast, but sure, it's these are big stories. So, mm-hmm. um, thank you guys so much for coming back. Please rate and subscribe. Please share. Yeah. Let's make this message Please as loud as we can. Please talk to us, write in. Yeah. Takebackthebeattour at gmail.com. Woo! And tickets for our tour are on sale now. Yes, they are. Um, so, before we wrap this up, I've got a win of the week. And I Ooh. don't think you know this. Yeah, No, um, you basically demanded that this week was yours. <laughs> I didn't have much of a choice if you're listening. She was like, hey. I have the win of the week. I was like, okay, calm down. Just wait. So, Scary Spice... Mel B. What? What are you going to do? She's, she's got an MBE. Oh my God, really? Sorry, Mike. Yeah. Sorry, listeners. I just so, sorry, listeners. The services to domestic violence victims. Oh, wow. 
And she's she's quoted saying, this is for all of the women facing domestic abuse. Yes, bitch. Love it. So, yes. absolute queen. Proud of you. Well done. Girl power to the fucking max. That is. So, I told you it's a good win of the week. Okay, you, yeah, you deserve Thank that you. one to the fullest. Yes. And she's an ambassador for Women's Aid, who is our official partner. So... I just, I saw this news and I was like, oh my God, yes, yes. People are making movement. People are talking about this. So yeah. Oh, Mel B, yes. Happy. Yay. And she looked fabulous. I'll show you the picture. She looked absolutely gorgeous. Of course she did. She's Um, Mel B. She's fucking scary spies. She's our queen. (laughs) She Um, is a queen. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing though. How incredible is that? Like they invented girl power practically and now she's like, and what? Like, look and at I'm me here. and my award. Do you know oh, what I mean? I love her. Love it. Love her. Love it. Right. Well, there you go. That's it. And Ooh. done. Diddle and done. Done, done. Diddle and. Boom. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. We will see you again next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love Bye. you. We do apologise if anyone was triggered by any of the dialogue we use today. We are still learning and we are only just beginning to talk about our own experiences. We're aware that trigger warnings are completely different for everybody, so please bear with us. We love you all. We also want to hear your experiences. If there's anything you'd like to share with us, any stories, anything you are happy to discuss on this podcast, you can stay anonymous if you would like. Please send us an email at takebackthebeattour at gmail.com. That's takebackthebeattour at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media at Take Back the Beat. Thanks, guys. We love you all.